Learn Persian with Chai and Conversation. Growing Up Iruni. Interview with Bahadur Alast. This is Leila Shams, host of Learn Persian with Chai and Conversation. I'm so excited today to release my interview with Bahadur Alast of the extremely popular YouTube channel of the same name. Bahadur is a Mohandis, or engineer by day, but he has over 278,000 subscribers on YouTube, following a niche that he's been able to fulfill and thrive in so well, comparing languages to one another. His videos usually consist of two people from different cultural backgrounds with different native languages comparing certain words in their language with him moderating. They end up discovering similarities between seemingly disparate cultures that they were not even aware of and often end up really bonding and having a wonderful time. The videos are so fun to watch and take you on a journey into what unites us all, even if it's not obvious on the surface. I did a poll asking who I should interview for this series and Bahadur was the most requested guest. So I learned so much about curiosity, languages, and being open-minded from this conversation. I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. Let's listen. Bahadur Alas, thank you so much for talking with me today. Thank you for having me. It's, it's my pleasure to be a part of this. Well, I actually had, I asked on my Instagram who all I could uh, invite to do this interview, and several people suggested you, actually. There was oh, really? a lot of a I'm, lot of I'm happy to hear that. I, I have noticed that uh, uh, my my friends sharing your content. So maybe it was some of them, but also a lot of people who are subscribed to my channel. I've seen them share your uh, clips or your posts and stuff. So um, I'm, I'm not surprised, but I'm very happy to hear that. Yeah, yeah. And I've been watching your videos for a really long time. I love what you do. It's so, so different and so innovative. And I can't wait to hear about how you got started with that. But um, so these interviews, usually we talk about your history and then we talk about what led you to do what you do today. Um, and so let's start from the very beginning. So where were you born? And uh, and yeah, tell me about your upbringing. So I was born in Iran uh, in 1984. So if we, just just so like when we're, we're looking at dates and I'm saying like when I was born or when I was doing this. So and then in 95, when I was 10 years old, uh, almost 11, that's when my parents moved to Canada. And we've been in Toronto since then. Uh, I've moved around the country. I've worked in different places, different provinces, different regions of Canada. Uh, but really, I've always come back. And now I'm like pretty much settled here. Uh, so yeah, I've been in Toronto and other cities, but always been back here. Uh, and that's this is where I'm settled in right now. And this is where I work, right? So, so you got to experience the entire Iran-Iraq war. You didn't miss out on a moment. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh, yeah, just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you moved in the '90s, and then so what was your uh, upbringing like? Did you grow up just speaking Farsi, or did you also learn English? What was so, your language? The thing is, uh, it, it's really funny because when we moved here, my dad really discouraged us when it came to learning other languages. He's just like, learn English. Like, you don't need to learn French. You don't need to learn this. You don't need, you don't like, but I, so it's it's interesting because I have this passion and interest in different languages, but 
it obviously didn't come from my father because he was always just telling us, oh, just learn to speak English well. You want to integrate into this society. That's all that matters, right? So uh, obviously we, we would speak Persian at home, but uh, when it came to like, you know, it being in the society and everything, we were encouraged to really improve our English, like my sister and I, right? So, so it was never really like learning or maintaining Persian was not really a priority of my parents. Like it was never like that with us. Uh, that was like purely a personal interest because if you compare, like for instance, my sister, she can speak Persian, but she prefers to speak English. Like, ah. she, yeah, like that's what's comfortable for her, right? And what do you speak to each other? Uh, you to and your her, sister? I, I speak English to my sister. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. How, what's her age difference with She's you? A year and a half younger than me. Oh, okay. It's so the same, same age. Yeah. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah, her, and what so, level what level were you at when you moved to Canada with your Persian, like especially reading and writing? I finished uh, grade five. So obviously like I was reading and writing, but uh, the thing is like, I've, I've noticed this with a lot of my friends who moved to Canada at, you know, the same age or around that time, people I met in elementary, junior high school and high school later, after like five, six years, when you don't really use it much, you just like you're oh i can't even write anymore you know like right. so that so you have to take that step to like maintain it and preserve it like right now like sometimes my uncles or like people in iran will send stuff to my sister and she forwards it to me she's like what, what are they saying you know oh. why are they writing to me in persian and then i'm like i translate it for her like she she can like google translate right but sometimes it's long messages and it's not really the best way like she's just like trying to figure out what they're saying you know so my point is like if you don't use it if you don't try to maintain it and after a while you realize well i i'm having a hard time reading and writing and after you know a few years you're just like i can't do it anymore right of course yeah so what kept that passion with you what do you think it was so i for me it, it's my personal interest like i i love cultures i love languages i love traveling like and language i think like the persian language and the culture has always been part of my identity right so that's something that is very important for me right uh i agree like with my dad and the whole like oh integrate into the society and be canadian yes absolutely like there's so many things about the canadian culture that maybe it would be kind of different in iran it wouldn't really be like the norm but it is part of who i am too right so my, my culture is like a blend a mix of both but that that Persian culture and the, the Iranian culture, the Persian language, that is like something that's always been very important for me and something that obviously we're passing on to our children, right? So right. Uh, that I think is the reason why I always found it very important to not only like learn or, or preserve the Persian language, but also keep learning about the history of Iran, the history of the right. language why the culture is the way it is and where does where do all these things come from you know so these are always been things that i really really cared about and i was always passionate about interesting so, so you're I, saying like even when you were a teenager you were pursuing this like how did it translate to your real life uh when i was a teenager yes but to a lesser extent like at, at the time I, I didn't know as much right i was i was interested I, I i wanted to know i wanted to know like why certain things are this way or that way? Like, why do we celebrate these festivals? Like, where does this come from? Uh, you know, like, 
I don't want to dive too deep into the subject of religion, but like, you know, you study it like, oh, well, why are we part of this religion or that religion or whatever, right? Like, is this what I identify with? And then as, as I grow older, I decide, okay, well, this is not part of who I am. This is not what I really identify with, but this is, and this is what I love. And this, you know, so, so when I was a teenager, you know, to a lesser extent, but as I grew older, you know, I discovered myself more. I, as I traveled more and I, I, I read more and I studied more, that's when I realized, okay, this is what I love. This is what I care about. And, you know, it's wonderful that I, I found someone who is the same way as me, right? You know, I mean, my, Charlotte, my wife, she grew up in Iran. She was there for a longer period. So maybe a little bit different, but still the passion is there. The, the love for the culture and the language is there. So that's why it helps. We're trying to pass it on to the children. Nice. Okay, well, we'll get to that in a little bit. But now let's get to your college. So you studied engineering. You were you were a model Iranian son. Yeah. <laughs> you became Mohandas. <laughs> and then how did uh, your love of language start to... I mean, you have this YouTube channel with... Now how many subscribers do you have? Uh, 275. 75,000? Ooh, with millions. Yeah, around, over 270,000, right. Yeah, millions of views on this uh, YouTube channel. It, I can't believe that it's just a side job. It's not even your, like, full-time <laughs> job. But, um, so you studied engineering, and then how did you start to, how did this grow into more of a passion project, this language? So engineering, I always, like, I have to say, I emphasize this. My parents never pushed me to study engineering, right? They okay. may have encouraged it, right? They're like, oh, this is good. Like do this, do that. But it, it was never like, you have to, like, this is what you got to do. I was just very good at math, right? And when I was applying to, you know, to university, I got into an engineering program that I was kind of interested in. Like I say kind of because compared to languages and cultures, I have to be very honest. Like that's the stuff I'm passionate about. That's the stuff I really love. Yeah. I was good at math, you know, I was good at, you know, you know, engineering. I, so I get, I got into it and I, actually it's been great. You know, like I've been working in the industry for, for over 13 years now. Right. And uh, even when I was in university, I was involved in a lot of cultural events, you know, as part of the Iranian student union, I was, you know, I was their spokesperson and uh, I was involved in a lot of these events, a lot of these activities, which would kind of, uh, you know, encourage you to want to learn more and want to you know, do more and, you know, study it more or whatever. But uh, what really, really uh, got me going, especially with these videos and the idea of doing it is uh, later on, um, I started working a job and for about 10 years, I've worked this job, right? So uh, it was at a remote mining camp and we would work two weeks on and be off for two weeks. So mm -hmm. essentially off for half the month, which was really, really awesome, especially when you're single. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, I spent months, months after months, never even coming home. I would just have my suitcase at the airport. I'd fly to this country, that country, that country, go back to work, work for two weeks. Same thing, right? So during these travels, this is where it really started to have the, the passion was there. The interest was there. But I started to see things. I started to observe things that gave me the idea for this video. And I, and I was like, you know, I remember like being in different countries where I would hear people say, certain words and I'm like it's interesting you know this is in this language and it's in that language so it got me so interested in learning about the history of languages uh where words come from etymology and and all of that right and I'm like wouldn't it be interesting to like make these comparisons you know and 
it never really became something that I started doing until later on, you know, like we're like, oh, just let's do it. Let's do this something for fun. Like, I'm like, oh, there's some common words between these languages. So we're doing it. I'm like, let's record this and put it online, right? And and it was really like, with, thanks to Charizard's help because she was the participant in the videos in the beginning, right? Because I was like choosing the words, right? And it was always Persian with another language, right? What was the first one that you did? It what was, was the first It was video? Persian with German. German? Yes. I would not even think of that. Okay. Yeah. So most people wouldn't. And uh, it's just that, you know, this is the the things that you learn, like, so German and Persian are both Indo-European languages, right? Right. So uh, even though it may not seem like it, they share the same root. You know, you go back a very, very long time, right? Right. And that includes Indo-European, you know, something that a lot of people kind of get confused about. They're like, oh, you say Persian is Indo-European, like Persian. I'm like, they miss the Indo, Indo right. means India, right? Like, right. we're not trying to say we are European, you know? It's <laughs> Indo-European. It's, it, it encompasses a very large geographical area, if you want to think about languages. It goes from Bengali, Hindi, Sanskrit, you know, to Kurdish, Persian, and then you go to European languages, right? So these are all languages that share the same, same root, right? So right. you're going to find cognates between, you're going to find words that uh, have the same root, but also there are shared words that are just loan words, right? That came, you know, later right. on in history, right? So yeah, that was the first video. And then we were comparing Persian with other languages. And then eventually I'm like, well, I see these videos growing. So I'm like, well, you know, we live in Toronto. We have a lot of friends from different backgrounds, speak different languages. So why don't we try other languages too, you know? And, and that's where the channel really started to grow because, you know, it became very international and global and people were watching videos with with Indonesian and Filipino and, you know, Serbian, Russian, all of these languages, right? And take me back a little bit. So what was the process of like starting to do these videos? You would sit at a table and then you would have your wife, Shasat. And when did you and Shasat get together? How, like, when in the process was it? Shasat and I met back in uh, early 2016. Okay. Oh, so not that long. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, And actually in the beginning when we met, we were speaking English, right? Wow. Okay. You know, like it wasn't like, uh, it wasn't something that we thought of. Like I told her like, yeah, I've been, I grew up here and everything. And she assumed that, okay, I I have a hard time speaking Persian. Right. So she's just like, okay, I'm going to speak English. So we just kind of spoke English for a little bit. Right. And she was like, when did she move to the United States? Canada. Oh, I sorry. Canada. (laughs) Canada. When did she move to Canada? She moved in 2012. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so you're speaking English, sorry. Yeah, so we so this is like when I met her, it was four uh around four years after she had moved to Canada. Okay. So yeah, we were speaking English, and then she's like, Oh, you probably have an accent if you speak Persian, right? And then I'm like, Oh, well, let maybe a little bit, right? And I started speaking, and she's like, You sound like you just came from Iran, you know, like <laughs> she was very surprised, right? Nice, so yeah. since then we just only speak Persian, right? Wow. <laughs> Unless okay. we're around other people, you know, but but yeah. To ourselves and around the kids, we just speak Persian, so it helps them learn the language better as well, right? Right, right. Okay, so then she, so you met her in 2016, and then how did you start with these videos? Like, tell, so, tell me the so the videos we started like maybe a year and a half later. We were okay. in our condo downtown in Toronto, which is like the best place to do this, right? Because yeah. You can walk on your floor and there's probably like eight different languages. being Wow. Uh, So, uh, yeah, we just kind of like in our 
the islands in our kitchen area. They're like, oh, this is a nice place. Let's just record a video with one of our friends, right? I'm like, I picked out a bunch of words. These are the German ones. These are the Persian ones. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you guys are gonna read it to each other and guess what it is, right? Wow, so that was the, yeah. that's that's how we did it. Uh, we uploaded the video. I had this channel, right? Like okay. as my name. Like it wasn't really like anything that I was doing, right? Because right. when I was traveling, I was like recording little videos and stuff, and I was posted there. I made a few documentaries on subjects that I was interested in, like in in South Africa, in 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 Korea, in different places, right? And uh, I wasn't like making videos about languages, right? But it was an idea, like we were thinking about this, right? So then we did. I, I posted on the same channel, right? And and I we noticed, okay, this is getting some views. And then uh, I think a few weeks later, we did one with Persian and Hindi, uh, and then it was with um, with Turkish. Like I don't remember ex the exact order or the sequence of how it was, but then it started to grow. Like we're we, you know we're getting oh you know you're getting like five ten thousand views, which is for someone who was previously not really doing anything like this, it, it was it was nice. It was good. And it's like, oh, people actually are interested in right. seeing stuff like this, right? So right. that's when it's that's not when just your like, friends. Exactly, exactly. It's, right. it's it's a wider audience, right? So then we're like, oh, well, why don't we try other languages? Um, it doesn't have to be just Persian, right? Like I'm we have that interest in other cultures too, right? Right. So yeah, when we did. And I think with the first one that really went viral was uh Filipino with Spanish. So, wow. yeah, so it was just uh, a couple of friends. Uh, one is from the Philippines. The other one was, was from Peru. And, you know, so I gave them the words. They read it and, and they're both like so excited. And it was really cool for them, you know. So right. and there's history behind that, right? Like Spanish loan words in Filipino, right? So that one, yeah, that one, I don't know how many, it's like well over a million views now. But that one is, that start to grow. It's like, oh, look at this. Like it's 50, 60,000 views on a video, right? So it kind of like, it's a very nice incentive, you know, it motivates you to want to explore it a little bit more, right? Because you got to put time into this. I mean, like if you have a hobby, you do it sometimes, but when you see that, okay, it's, you're getting that like, you know, audience and it's growing. Yeah. It's, it's nice. It motivates you to, to want to do it more, right? Right. And how did you do uh, the research for that? Because do you know, like, what other languages do you know? And how did you... Like so Filipino and <laughs> so the thing is like fluently like I I can't speak other languages except Persian and English right like okay. I wouldn't be able to like have a conversation with people but there are languages where if I'm listening to people speak I can pick up a a whole bunch of it right like I can kind of like get just what's going on uh, even if I don't fully understand it so uh, Filipino is not one of them to okay. be honest but like I mean I, I mentioned that but but. The way I started to do the research is because I'm like, okay, you you look at two languages, like, are they in the same family? If they're in the same family, you're bound to find uh, cognates between them, right? Okay. Uh, if they're not, uh, sometimes, you know, some people are so against loan words, like they-, they Right, they, I want to ask you about that too, yeah. Right, but a lot of times there's a very interesting history behind why a certain language with a, from a completely different family group has a lot of words, shares a lot of words with another language. So I, I, yeah. to me, that's interesting too, right? So right. that's another subject. That was something else that I, I looked further into. And okay. a lot of times when I compare languages that are in different uh, family groups, I try to see if I can pick like the words to be half-half. So it's like not all from one side or the other, right? If right. it's possible, sometimes it's impossible, right? Because it's right. like a language that's been totally influenced by another. And 
it's not impacting any but any other languages, right? And where do, where do you do this research? Like, is there websites where they have loan words, or you? So yeah, there are different websites. There are different um, you know there are different ways to to research. Like, if you look at there are like basically you so let's let's use one example, right? Let's use like Polish and Russian, right? Okay. So if you go and uh, look at a, a dictionary or like any sort of like etymology, like you look at Proto-Slavic terminology, for instance. Mm -hmm. So if you look at, you know, words that come from Proto-Slavic, right? You will have like, say, a thousand words. Chances are uh, these words in like a modern way that Polish and Russian are being spoken, a lot of them will be in common, right? So you, right. you look at the word for, uh, I don't know, plate or fork or wall mm -hmm. or door, and you look at what it was in Proto-Slavic, and then you're like, oh, well, let's see how it is in, in few Slavic languages today. You're like, oh, well, look, they match pretty well. And sometimes they're different. Sometimes they're kind of like, you know, for instance, like in, in, in Serbian or some languages in the Balkans, they start using loan words from other languages. So it, it really varies, right? So that's that's kind of like how it is with languages that share the same root, right? Okay. Uh, and then uh, sometimes like what I've started doing with some languages where it's like, uh, you know that the mutual intelligibility, the degree of it is pretty high mm -hmm. uh, or or not, you know, over like 60%. Like. So then you can say, okay, let's formulate, formulate sentences with these words. So like I will pick out the words, like for instance, we did videos with like Icelandic and, and Norwegian, and I basically gave them, uh, you know, a list of words, like 10 different words. And they said, you guys just come up with a short sentence because your languages share the same root. Uh, they're different, but you have a lot in common. So to make it like, to like kind of ease into it, just have a word that you know for sure is the same. Well, they don't know that, right? But you just put together a small sentence. I see how well you can understand it, right? Uh -huh. So yeah, so it, it really varies depending on, on the video. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I had my first experience with like a because Indo-European, you're right, it's so vast. And, you know, I'm in Texas, so there's a lot of Spanish around, but I also studied French. And so I basically understand languages. I just went to Croatia and I was just amazed. I, I don't know what the root of Croatian is, but I couldn't understand anything like even hello or goodbye. You know, you just take for granted that you go somewhere and you you understand. Thank you. I just couldn't understand the sounds. I couldn't understand. It was so interesting to me. Yeah, so, well, the thing is, like, Indo-European languages, they start to divide into branches, too, right? So right. just because, you know, two languages are both in this massive family where billions of people really speak an Indo-European language, right? Uh, so Croatian is Slavic, right? Whereas, like, you know, so it's in the same category as as Polish and Russian and, and Ukrainian. Whereas, you know, for example, French and Spanish and Italian, those are uh, Latin uh, Romance languages, right? So that's, that's a very different branch. And then, you know, on the other hand, you have like Iranian, Iranic languages like Persian and Kurdish and Pashto. And these are, these are their right. own branch, right? So the more you branch down and then within those, there's like Southwest, Eastern, Western. So there's even like smaller branches, right? right. <clears throat> so that's why... Uh, just because they're in the same family, uh, you know, whether it's Semitic, whether it's Indo-European, whether it's whatever it may be, uh, doesn't mean that they're going to sound similar, you know? So 
So yeah, it's uh, it 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 varies depending on which branch it's under, right? Yeah, that's an interesting experience, though. I I wanted I now want to travel somewhere and experience that more. Just like this complete not understanding. It's a it's yeah. An so interesting... and the thing about Europe is because most languages in Europe are Indo-European, but there are also languages which are not, like like Hungarian. Hungarian is is a very unique and interesting language that is just like totally like foreign to all of its neighbors, right? So it shares a lot with Estonian and with Finnish and, you know, so, and, and again, so this is what I mean about history, right? So you look at the history of migration and, and where languages came from, how they influenced one another. We were talking about Croatian, like in the Balkans, for instance, because that area was under the Ottomans for, for many centuries. Oh, right. The Ottomans uh, were basically using Persian, right? In, in a lot of their, their work. So the, a lot of Persian words uh, entered the Turkish language and the, the Turkish Empire, which is the Ottoman Empire, was uh, in Europe. So nowadays you'll find Persian words in... Uh, so this is, this is a different rap, right? So Serbian, Croatian, um, Albanian, Romanian, these languages are Indo-European. So they're going to have some common words with Persian, which are the same root, but they're also these loan words that came in the last 500 years, which you'll find, like, for instance, like in, in Romanian, like for, you know, it, not just Persian, like Arabic words, Arabic loan words, too. This is Leila here with a quick break to let you know about our Persian language learning program, Learn Persian with Chayan Conversation. This program started over 10 years ago to teach the Persian language and about Iranian culture. Since then, we've developed several courses teaching conversational Persian, reading and writing in the Persian, and Persian poetry. We also have a free and fun mailing list that we send out each Wednesday morning to inspire and motivate you on your journey to learning about the Persian language. You can sign up for that on our website at chayanconversation.com. And now, back to the interview. A lot of it is just about consistency and just doing it and like staying with it. So, so now let's talk a little bit about loan words because that's something that, you know, I've been making these videos. I've had this Chai and Conversation project for 11 years now. Yeah. And I've just recently started to make these uh, like short videos on Instagram and, and whatever these different platforms. And I'm trying to teach, you know, different vocabulary and things. And this comes up a lot. People are like, all these words that you taught us are Arabic and all these words that you taught are, are French. So tell me about your experience uh, with loan words and how do you feel about it in a, in a language? So my personal opinion, uh, first I'm going to tell you, you know, j j just so you can kind of, uh, I can tell you how I can relate to it. Okay. Because a lot of people are very passionate about this. They right. do not like loan words. They are so against them. Like, this is not. You know, like if it's an Arabic loan word, so they're like, this is not Persian or it's not Turkish. Like right. is, we, we have nothing in common. Like, why are you, you know, so sometimes like, it, it's a little excessive, but some people yes. just want to know the authentic, pure uh, word of whatever language it may be. Let's say right. Persian. And I'm the same way. I'd like to know. Right. I have I don't have an issue with loan words. I think it it makes the language rich. And, you know, you have multiple ways of saying something if you prefer the pure Persian term, it, it exists. And I, I, I've said this before, like I've made a, I made posts about it. I 
talked about it in, in some videos, Arabic loanwords in the Persian language have their Persian equivalents. Like even if they're not commonly used, even if you don't, people don't know them, they exist in literature, in poetry. They're there. Like you can find them, right? So uh, I've, I've uh, posted a few times about like some of the most common Arabic loanwords that we, we use. And I put the Persian equivalents and I'm like, well, if, you know, if you're interested, you should, we should learn about them. It's very nice to know. Uh, right. But I don't have a problem with uh, loan words the way some people do. Like, I just, I don't think it's, it's necessary to try to purify the language. Uh, I, I mean, like, I don't want to argue with people about this because some people get, get mad and they're like, well, you <laughs> yeah. should. And I'm like, well, it's, it's not, it's not an easy process, first of all. And right. secondly, why don't we preserve the authentic terminology and, you know, have this alternate way of saying it? Like, it's not, uh, for me, it's not a, a, a problem. Okay, right. Well, and another thing that I'm coming across that I'm recently learning is that, you know, I, I also was born in 1983 and I moved to the United States in 1986. So I've been out of Iran for a long time. And it's interesting because it's kind of like Spanish and Mexican. Have you heard like Mexican Spanish? is kind of an antiquated version of Spanish. Like they've evolved it in Spain, but then Mexicans speak kind of the old version of the language. So I feel like the uh, we who have like come and immigrated, we also speak an antiquated version of Persian, which is very interesting. Like they've been evolving there. There's a lot of slang that we just don't know. Like this word, apparently it's very, very common, but I'd never heard bedrud before for khudafiz. <laughs> I had not heard that. And I've asked, you know, my family here. I've asked people here. I, I, I even asked my family in the United Kingdom. And they were like, we haven't heard this either. It's this word that is very, very common in Iran right now that is used for goodbye. And I haven't heard it. So it's this uh, big conflict of we are stuck in, you know, 40 years ago language. <laughs> and they've been kind of changing and and going back to a lot of these, like, com you know, Dorud is the original Persian word for yeah. hello. hello. But yeah. we only use Salam. <laughs> you know, we, I, I don't know anybody who says Dorud <laughs> unless but they're you, trying to make a point. Yes. So, yeah. yeah exactly. How do you feel about how do you feel about that? Do you I mean, your wife is more uh, recently immigrated. So are there words that she uses that you didn't know or uh, how do y'all? Sometimes, sometimes okay. there is. But, you know, back to what you were saying, you know, for example, you said Mexican and Spanish from Spain. Right. Uh, that's over a, not just a longer period of time, but also a period where uh, it wasn't like communication wasn't the way it is right now. Like right now we can right. watch programs and talk to people who are in Iran regularly. Right. So, right. so you hear it a lot more. So could you imagine if that wasn't there, then we would start sounding very different. Right. Right. Uh, but yeah, there's definitely, like you mentioned, Durud. A lot of people use that nowadays, uh, right. and, and and some people use it as some form of form of a, a nationalistic way of saying it. Some people just like saying that. Uh, same right. with the pas instead of, you know, mochakeram or merci. Right. Or, or... Which I feel like that's a difference between Canada and the United States too, because the United States has kind of older. There's not too many newer immigrants, whereas Canada has like a constant flow. I think. Mm -hmm. And uh, so then we, you know, sepas is another thing I never hear in Texas, <laughs> you know, but I feel like in Toronto, it'd probably be more common. Yeah, it's not, uh, you know, it doesn't blow as well as like someone hands something to you, just say merci, right? <laughs> right. If I take sepas, they're just like, look at me like, what's wrong with you? Like, <laughs> right. Why, 
why are you talking like this? You know, but right. but there are words like this that that you can uh, really use, right? And you, if you want right. to replace the loan words, the words do exist, right? And I think right. it's it's important because to to know about them, to learn, to, you know, yes. because uh, you know you know how YouTube is. People will write the most ridiculous comments, <laughs> like yeah. they just say things that they don't know what they're talking about, right? Right. Uh, but you know, anytime something comes up about the Persian language, mm-hmm. I, I tend to try to educate people. So I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. If they say something really ignorant and, <laughs> and they sound very misinformed, I will reply and you know, kind of give them, explain it to them, right? Okay. But if I realize that no, no, this person's not interested in right. fact, then then I stop, right? But I usually just give them the benefit of the doubt. So when it comes to loan words, that's one thing where some people will like come and say, oh, the Persian language doesn't exist anymore because it's all Arabic and French loan words. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, what do you mean? Like these, uh, these like loan words do have. And another thing that a lot of people don't know is the Arabic language also has Persian loan words in it. Uh, ah. That they usually think that if there's a word in common between the two languages, and it must be of Arabic origin, which is not. Oh, interesting. Uh, okay. So important terminology, like, you know, we say fehrist for like the index in a book, right? They have fehrist in Arabic and that's a Persian word. Oh, interesting. Uh, there are there are many, you know, it, when we when, when we did the video with Persian and Arabic, I purposely picked half the words to be Persian, half the words to be Arabic. Because interesting. I know a lot of people would complain and say, oh, why are these all Arabic words, right? Uh, And and personally, I think it's better. It's more interesting that way. It's more educational, right? Right, right. Yeah, so that the the subject of loanwords can be kind of tricky, depending on what language you are looking at. And in some cases, people don't have an issue with it at all, right? Um, But it depends on the language, right? And Persian is one of those languages that people are very, very passionate about. And some people really want to avoid loan words at all costs, right? <laughs> right. So now going back to um, your relationship with Shahzad, so you switch from English to Persian. Do you feel like um, the way that you communicated changed when you made that switch? Like, I always kind of say my feeling is that my family language is Persian, that I'm married to an American man. And so we speak English together. And I always, I always thought if someone didn't completely understand Persian, they wouldn't completely understand me. But that's changed over time. Uh, but the language I'm most comfortable speaking with my children is Persian. So how, how do you feel about that? Like, what is your? Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think when it comes to languages, uh, it doesn't matter what language it is. Even when I'm speaking English, depending on my audience or depending on who I'm talking to, mm-hmm. It changes. I used to work in Northern Ontario in a very small town and people sound different there compared to Toronto, right? And when I was around them, I kind of picked up the certain slang, certain ways of saying things, certain the, the tone of the way you speak. And sometimes, you know, and, and it would shift when I was talking to my friends up there, the people that I met up there. So right. that's just one, that's just the English language, right? So when right. it comes to, to Persian, it definitely, I feel like uh, people even sometimes notice that like your attitude is a little different when you're speaking. Yeah, your so, body posture, everything. For sure. So, so in certain ways, yes, it is. Uh, it does definitely kind of change the way you're speaking and how you sound. Like people, like you sound more polite when you speak Persian, but it's not. It's not like I'm. I'm 
treating people differently. No, it just it's just the way it sounds. It's just the way it comes off, right? Or I had a family member who was uh, in Croatia, actually, who is half Iranian, half German. And they were speaking German on the phone. And I was like, oh, no, what happened? Did you get in a fight with that? And they're like, no, we're just... <laughs> Just thinking for that was something real that happened. <laughs> I thought certainly there was a fight on the phone happening. <laughs> it was just the language. Uh, but then you said you speak Persian to your kids. Why is it important for you for your kids to learn the Persian language? Because uh, to be honest, for me, the, the Iranian identity is based on two very important things: and language and culture. Some countries, some nations, you'll see that. Uh, for them, like religion is an important part of their identity. You know, you know, let's say like uh, Greeks, right? Greek Orthodox is, you know, I'm just using that as an example, right? Like Armenians, Christianity is important. You know, like there are countries where they're separated based, their, their, their identity depends on religion, like India and Pakistan. Like they created a country, just the, the entire identity revolves around you are Muslim, right? So, so for them, it's like, oh, this is so important. For us, as much as some people who are not familiar with the culture and the nation want to think religion is not a part of our identity. We have people from very different religious backgrounds that share the same culture, they share the same identity. My wife and myself, our families have two different religions. The culture is the same. The, the, it's the same. Like there's really literally, you don't see any differences, right? So for me, that's why for us, like language culture is very important. So Without the language, like, I feel like, you know, you, you're not, you, that identity, like, you can't really identify with being Iranian, right? Uh, I mean, you can to a certain extent, like, you can, you can celebrate festivals, you can um, take part in certain traditions, and of course, that's great, but I feel like the, the language is so important in, in preserving and maintaining that identity. So that's why I think it's very, very uh, important for them to learn to speak Persian and also read and write, which, you know, it's kind of early right now, but eventually we want them to be able to read and write. I love that. That's a great explanation. I haven't heard it said like that before. And now, after all this time, how does your father feel about it? And how does he feel about what you've been doing as he come around? My, my dad loves my my YouTube channel. He is like one of the biggest fans. Like he he, he watches every video like you know, even if he's not watching it, he'll play it in the background and, and have it like <laughs> listening to it all the time. Yeah. And so he's he is uh, he, he wouldn't say the things that he did say back then, uh, although I think for him, it's still like very important that, OK, you work on your English. I'm like, I don't think we need to work <laughs> on learning English anymore. But <laughs> <laughs> I guess to end, what is your um, relationship with the Iranian diaspora right now like do you have a lot of iranian friends um do you and yeah what is your relationship with the iranian community uh, very very good and close relationship I, I would say like i know a lot of iranian people not just in toronto but also in north america um and in iran as well mm -hmm. I, i'm in touch thanks to this youtube channel aside from my family and people That's that amazing. i know i've been able to connect with so many people and uh, and not only just uh, Iranian people, but a lot of people have reached out to me who are half Iranian. Right. And they are so interested in their their Persian language, like that side of the family. And and a lot of them say that 
they've been able to improve their Persian thanks to my videos. And That's it's very amazing. interesting that you brought this up because just a couple of days ago, we were at, at a, an Iranian festival here. And usually when I go to these events, uh, people come up to me and they're like, hey, you know, I, I watch your videos. And, and a lot of people message me later, like, I saw you there, but I didn't feel comfortable. Like, I didn't. But anyway, <laughs> so whoever is listening, if you see me somewhere, please come and say hi. Uh, so it, this couple came and uh, one, the, the lady was Iranian and the gentleman, he was just, you know, uh, Irish Canadian, right? Like uh, he started speaking Persian and, and I was like, uh, so impressed, like he was speaking well and, and he could read and write Persian. Wow. And okay. he was like, your videos have really helped me in this process. So, uh, you know, I'm just using this as an example, but there are a lot of people like this that I have met, uh, Iranian people, half Persians and who are people who are not Iranian, but are so <laughs> interested in the, the, the Persian language and the culture who yeah. I've been able to like connect with thanks to this, uh, this channel and you know the big major massive community that exists because of it right that's so, wonderful um, yeah that gives me a lot of chills well thank you for doing the work that you do and how do people find your videos we'll link to it on the show notes but uh if you can tell us where's the best place to find you uh so the best place is if you want to con- reach out to me and you know you want to send me a message if you want to be a part of a video please do all of that on Instagram. People sometimes write comments on wow. YouTube and I, I don't know how I'm going to reach out to you if you write a comment. But uh, the videos, uh, I usually don't really post anything on Instagram. I just have like little clips okay. once in a while. And that's under your name also, Bahadur yeah, Alast. Yeah, yeah okay. Bahadur Alast. And the YouTube channel is on the same name because like I said, I never started this channel <laughs> at something that, okay, I'm going to call it, you know, language, whatever, because it's going to grow right. into something or is it something. It was just a hobby. Like I had this, this channel and I was like, okay, I'm going to post videos. So yeah, it's everything is under my name, Bowder Alas. Uh, the best way to reach me is on Instagram. Uh, but you know, the videos themselves are all on uh, YouTube. So wonderful. Well, thank you so much for talking with me today and uh, yeah, we'll keep in touch and I've learned a lot from your videos as well. So thank you for everything. Thank you. I'm very happy to hear that. And it was my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks again for listening. You can find all the links we talked about in this program on the show notes for this podcast. If you like this conversation, you can find plenty more like it on the podcast. And be sure to check out our website at chaiandconversation.com with chai spelled C-H-A-I. There you can find all of our work, including three courses to help you learn the Persian language. We even offer a 30-day free trial to our program You can get all the details on our website at chaiandconversation.com. Thanks again for listening. Chadwick Wood edited this podcast, Babak Rajabi wrote and performed our theme music, and my name is Leila Shams. Until next time, Khuda Hafez!